welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Wim Smith. Rich, thanks for having me on. Hey, good to have you on. Good to be filling in for Matt. Matt's on vacation, somewhere sunny, working on that tan. Where is he? Trying to look good. I don't know. (laughs) Somewhere on the beach. Somewhere, North Carolina, South Carolina. He's in a Carolina, I believe. (laughs) So him and Cam Newton are kicking it. So you were getting some tan tan lines on last weekend. Oh, yeah, man. I I, I got outside by the pool. Uh, I had a beer. One beer turned into twelve beers, and uh, yeah, that, that was the end of me. I got I was I was walking around all red, burnt up. I felt great. Felt great though. It was a good weekend. It was the first week I got to relax in forever, so I enjoyed it. Good for you. So if I if I call you mad a couple of times, that's that's my bad. But you are our first, kind of our first guest slash guest host. You're the first guest host ever, but you're definitely one of the first guests. Uh, we normally don't, don't do guests on the Dynasty Nerd Show. So it's a, it's a good privilege for you to be on here as the first guest. Yeah, it's quite an honor. Um, I think I started writing for the site about a year ago, and uh, I haven't written a whole lot, but uh, what I have written hopefully has been pretty detailed and, and uh, people have enjoyed it. Uh, I am on Twitter. You can find me at WinTunnel, W-I-N-N, Tunnel. And... Uh, Looking forward to, to gabbing with you about Dynasty this week, and thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. You got it, buddy. And today, and I think I think hopefully we have your article today, Matt. Uh, Wynn just wrote. I just called you Matt. See, Wynn <laughs> just wrote an article about the Cleveland Browns. In my opinion, the greatest team uh, in NFL. But again, that's just my own opinion, and uh, it's a really good article about the Browns as a whole and their dynasty values. So you can check that out on dynastynerds.com today. And you can also check out all wins articles in dynastynerds.com. You just click on his name there, an article, and it'll show everything he's ever written. And uh, Wim puts out some good stuff. So make sure you check that out. And today we are going to talk about a couple players that Wim likes that he, that he feels are undervalued. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's players that are in that you know that ADP uh, range of uh, you know the kind of the lower fifties to I don't know down to the uh, lower eighties, higher lower nineties uh, uh, range where you can you could pick them up real cheap. They could they're going to be able to help you out this year based on their opportunities and situations, and then they're really young, so you can kind of hold on to them, and and they can turn into nice dynasty assets that you can either flip or, you know, just kind of play for the next couple of years. So you have four guys here. Do you yep. think you will go four for four on these guys? Oh, man, it's hard to say. I feel real confident about three of them. The, the four. I like two out of four. You like two out of four, two, huh? Two out of four. I think you're going to go 50-50. That's just me. Okay. Personal opinion. Well, I like uh, to hear. Can't wait to hear which ones, you, which ones you're not, not feeling. Well, so these are, we're going to talk about four guys here that win again feels that are good value, good buy lows, as we would call it. Uh, and then we'll talk about a little bit about the Dynasty Nerds staff league that finished up. We'll kind of dive into that just for a second. And if we have time, then we'll talk about a little Cleveland Browns and you, you did so much research on them. I've been researching them my entire life, so uh, I can answer all your, all your questions. Well, let's I- get it. Let's get into these wide receivers. For you this year, man. <laughs> no, I mean, good luck to me. It's going to be rough. But let's get into this here. So, one player that you told me that you liked is a player that I like as well. It's a player that I've liked for a year now, and a player that I've been preaching, I, I feel like, for a while now, and that's Kamar Aiken for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, 6'2, 215 pounds, finished his wide receiver 27 last year with 75 catches, 944 yards, and five touchdowns. And he was tendered by the Ravens with a second round tender as well, which he signed uh, a couple months ago. And now with that Brashad Perriman news coming in, where at first Adam Schefter told us it was a torn ACL, now it's not a torn ACL, now it's a partial tear, and he'll be back by training camp. 
I feel like Kamar Aiken's value went back up, and then it kind of came back down again now. So what are, what are your thoughts on Kamar Aiken when saying, hey, this is a guy you need to go out and get? Well, I mean, the, the, the main things I look for really when I'm looking at players that are, are going to have the opportunity to go up in value is, is first of all, what, what do their teams do? You know, the Baltimore led the league last year in attempts, and I think it's no, uh, you know, uh, no secret that Tressman likes to throw the ball. And, uh, you know, you only had Flacco there for half the year, and they were eighth in yards per game last year. So you just know that the volume is going to be there, that they're going to be passing the ball. And the question now becomes, who are they going to be passing the ball to? And when you look at the team makeup, you know, you talk about Brashard Perryman. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, the, the news is shifting that he may be able to get on the field this year, but he's going to miss all OTAs. He's going to miss most of many camps. You know, so how much realistically are you going to be able to project him to perform this year? Yeah, and you have a guy also that he's he's already had two major knee injuries, and the yeah. guy hasn't even played a snap in the NFL yet. Those are kind of guys that I just like to stay far away from, man. I mean, you just feel like when you're that young and those knee injuries keep popping up, it doesn't things usually don't get better along those terms. Yeah, and you look at the kind of receiver he is. I mean, he's a speed guy. He's gonna he's gonna catch a lot of his balls over the top, and and, and I, I just think in an offense like this where you're gonna have so many attempts. And you got a quarterback that's going to complete a lot of them. You want the volume guy in the offense. Typically, that'd be Steve Smith. But look, Steve Smith comes out the other day, and he's not even sure when he's going to get on the field. So you know, you really kind of—it's it, really kind of last man standing with Aiken. And you whoa, know, whoa, 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 whoa! What about Mike Wallace? Oh man, Mike Wallace. <laughs> no, I, I I do like Mike Wallace, and I tell you what—I own Mike Wallace in a lot of dynasty leagues because I just kind of keep hanging on to him, and I love the move to Baltimore. I really do. But I'm talking volume. I'm talking underneath dump off volume. I, I like Aiken. I mean, I just think that he's going to probably lead the team in targets and receptions. And you know, he's already proved he can do it. He, last six games. Last year, he averaged 10 targets for almost six and a half catches a game for almost 80 yards a game. So you know the guys over there calling the plays like him. They trust him. And they threw to him 10 times in the red zone last year. He completed 60% of those. So I just think the writing's on the wall that he's just going to be the backbone, kind of like that old uh, Anquan Bolden role. Yeah, I like that. I like that comparison. I feel like Kamar Aiken's one of those guys where – Everybody knows Car- Kamar Aikens going to do well this year, but they're just expecting him not to finish as the top three wide receiver. Even though last year he didn't come on till late last year. Well, he was kind of around all year, but he didn't really start stepping up, like you said, till later in the season. And he still finishes wide receiver 27. So that's a high-end wide receiver three you have right there. And I agree with you. I think he's going to take a bigger step this year uh, in offense again for another year with Joe Flacco and be that number one option for Baltimore because there's too many questions. I mean, Mike Wallace, like he's not a volume receiver. He's a run deep, catch the ball, and hope for the best kind of guy. And like you said, the Ravens throw the ball a ton. So somebody's going to have to catch those balls. And I I agree with you 100%. It's a reason I like Kamar Aiken last year. I like him even more going into this year. Yeah, and I think at wide receiver 59, ADP, he's the 59th wide receiver off the board right now, and Dynasty Nerds ADP. I mean, that just, to me, that's just screaming. You know, I guess people just don't either trust him or they don't like his name or they, you know, but, uh, you know, you got to, I think you got to draft that guy because it reminds me a lot of the Hearn situation last year where he's just kind of fallen by the wayside, but the volume is going to be there for him, so... Uh, that's who that's who I like on that team. And look at Hearns, who just signed that four-year extension there in uh, Jacksonville. Finishes wide receiver 18 last year, so wow. he was a wide, he was a middle of the range wide receiver too. There, a very high commodity. Again, Ball, Jacksonville saw this; they signed him to long term. If you've been listening to Dynasty Nerds podcast, uh, you most likely ha- for years now since Hearns got drafted, you most likely have him on your team because we've been preaching Alan Hearns since literally since he's been drafted at Dynasty Nerd, Mike preached him pretty hard. We liked him ahead of Marquise Lee. Uh, so that was a great buy. And I like the comparison even there. Kamar Aiken bouncing around a little bit from Buffalo, New England, finally lands in Baltimore last year, has that good year, 
good things are to come. Again, you have two guys that are coming off major injuries, and you have Mike Wallace. You know, if I'm taking one guy there, I'm taking Kamar Aiken every single time. And worst case scenario here, you know, maybe he still finishes his wide receiver 29. You still have a wide receiver three in your hands. It's every week starter. Absolutely. And that, that's what I like to have on the back end of my dynasty rosters is, you know, we're not trying to say Aiken's going to go out there and, you know, be a wide receiver one, but you got to have those guys in the last few spots on your roster that, that you can just plug in weekly that, you know, we're going to get them eight to 10 targets a game and they're just going to get you through the bye weeks. You know, those guys are so valuable in my opinion. Yeah. And those are people that you see people that own dynasty teams. I'm like, Oh, you know, you can't compete. You got Kamar Aiken in your lineup. You know what I mean? He's your starter. How are you going to win the championship? Dude, yeah. he was wide receiver 27 last year. He's a high-end wide receiver three. Unless you have three, two wide receiver ones and a wide receiver two on your roster, then good luck beating me with Kamar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, again, sometimes people look for that name value, and I'll, I'll take production. You know what I mean? Again, the best ability is reliability. And last year, Kamar Aiken showed he was reliable. Was it one year? Yes. Is he a for sure thing? No. But you and I both agree we're buying on Kamar Aiken. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to another wide receiver here. Now, Kamar Aiken finishes wide receiver 27. The next guy we're going to talk about finishes wide receiver 108. It's pretty low. Yeah. It's really, I think he finished behind Percy Harvin. Yeah. That's pretty low. Uh, we're talking J.J. Nelson for the Arizona Cardinals, Mr. Five foot ten, 160 pounds, J.J. Nelson. Tell yeah. me why you like J.J. Nelson going this year and sell me on J.J. Nelson because I'm not buying the J.J. Nelson. I like J.J. Nelson, but as far as of like somebody I want to go out and get, I'm not on that train yet. So t- try, and, try and get me a ticket to that train. Okay. Here's the thing about J.J. Nelson. Yeah, he only caught 11 catches last year, okay? And and I agree, that's very small. But, uh, you know, at 27.2 yards perception, you just know that he's got the speed and the, the ability to make big plays. He also has the return ability, which I always like to have because I play in some return yards league, so that's a bonus. But I think the thing I love about him is if you project out in the future for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Fitzgerald's talking, he's getting old. Okay. And he, he's talking about, you're hearing rumblings of retiring. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't think it's going to happen next year, but it's going to happen pretty soon. Then you also have Michael Floyd who's a free agent next year. So you just, you have to, you have to sometimes position yourself, uh, with your dynasty team, uh, a couple of years out or a year out. And look at these free agent, these guys that are going to come up for free agency and clear spots on rosters for for uh, wide receiver pa- pass heavy teams like the Cardinals. And I, I just, you know, Arians comes out today on Yahoo talking about comparing uh, JJ Nelson to Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's got the, uh, I think he's bulked up over this off season. He's up to 170 pounds. Just, all, the, all the arrows are pointing up for him to either acquire more playing time here in the next year or two. He's so cheap. He's wide receiver 87 and ADP. I mean, that's like, that's so cheap. You just throw him on there. Worst case scenario. He doesn't, he doesn't really see the field that much, or I think he'll catch more catches than 11 this coming year. But I, I just think that it's more of a projection that in the next couple of years, He's going to be a, a viable asset on that team, and you may as well own him now because he doesn't cost anything. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get somebody that you like for free, we all have those players that, hey, down the road, I think this guy's going to be good in two to three years. You can get him for pretty much nothing right now. And that guy right now for you then is J.J. Nelson. Uh, I'm just concerned, you know, like all everything you described with the speed, size, they already have that in John Brown. And they're going to have to look for – after Michael Floyd leaves in free agency, unless Michael Floyd comes out and beasts this year and they end up franchising him or tender him along those lines, they're still going to need another big receiver for that Bruce Arians offense. And they're going to either draft that guy or sign that guy via free agency. And again, the only thing that really concerns me about J.J. Nelson is John Brown, because I think John Brown is a much better receiver than J.J. Nelson. So. 
how many small receivers are you really going to throw out there in the NFL today? That yeah. That's a big thing for me. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I guess from a cost standpoint, I guess J.J. Nelson is just more appealing just because he's so cheap. But I, I do agree with you. I mean, John Brown, Michael Floyd, Fitzgerald, those are the guys you want to own in, in, the, in the Cardinal offense. And, and who knows what will happen with Michael Floyd. I don't remember the last time the Cardinals paid up for a wide receiver, a big contract. It probably was Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, yeah. I don't know if they have a long history of doing something like that. I kind of see them letting Floyd walk, but you're right. Who who takes the big wide receiver role there when they do? So, you know, it, it may be a shot in the dark for Nelson, but I do like him. I like owning the fastest guy in the league, i tell you that much. Well, I mean, you like him, so that's enough for me. And, again, it's not like you're giving up anybody to get him. You know what I mean? You could probably get him for – you know, a late third, maybe a fourth round pick in a rookie draft. Say there's somebody out there, say somebody, Hey, I really want Connor cook, or I want Cardale Jones in this rookie draft. Like, ah, give me JJ Nelson. Okay. Here we go. You know, you're getting for almost free with that ADP. Again, he, he was wide receiver one Oh eight last year. That's, that's non-existent. Yeah. You're probably going to find him a lot on a lot of waiver wires too. And even better free. Yeah. Off the click. He's a click. So, all right, so that's J.J. Nelson. Let's move on to the next guy here. Uh, kind of surprised to even see that we're going to talk about Marcus Wien, that Marcus Wien even finished his wide receiver 45 last year in PPR leagues, which, you know, is it's a wide receiver four he finished. But still, I mean, for a guy that I would have thought that Marcus Wien had that, a, a wide receiver four kind of a year last year. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Wheaton is uh, when I think about the Steelers, I I, I believe they're going to return to 2014 form, you know. And, and, and in that year, they, they Roethlisberger threw 608 times for 408 completion. So let's say he let's say he has that kind of year this year, and Antonio Brown gets 120 catches, and he got Bell, you know, probably catching 60 out of the backfield. That leaves about 228 catches up in the air, and the last time they had that kind of volume, they had Heath Miller, who's gone, Martavis Bryant, who's not playing this year. So, you know, it really, to me, it's a question of who's going to catch the ball. You know, you talk about J.J. Nelson only having 11 catches. Well, Sammy Coates only had one catch last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you, if you just project out maybe, let's, let's just be conservative with 80 or 90 catches for, for Wheaton, which is more than he's ever had, but – there's 228 up for grabs, you know, at his 14 yards per catch average, that, that's an 1100 yard season right there. And that puts him at, uh, you throw in about five or six touchdowns, which is his average. That puts him at wide receiver 15 and PPR scoring. Yeah. I mean, and, he, came, he came on real strong those last six games last year. You know, he had uh, 476 yards. He forced four uh, touchdowns, 28 catches. And that was over to just the last six games. So yeah, if you extrapolate that to a full season, I mean, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge year for Marcus Wien. And they bring in Ladarius Green. Ladarius Green's going to catch more balls than Heath Miller caught. Uh, yeah. He's a big target. So, and you have sophomore Sammy Coates there, who's bigger than Marcus Wien. He's six one two twelve, and he's, he's an athletic freak as well. So I, I'd like to see where he comes into effect as well. I liked what I saw out of Wien at the end of the year. I haven't liked anything before that that I saw out of Wheaton, so I'm more intrigued. Can Wheaton really cement his spot here in Martavis Bryant's absence, or will Sammy Coates kind of overtake him? I agree with you. I'm betting on Marcus Wheaton here, uh, but at the same time, I'm not like overly confident that he's going to come out here and succeed. But he's just surrounded with so much talent, it's almost kind of like hard not to believe that he won't succeed. Yeah, I, I just don't I, – I think you just got to put your eggs in Wheaton's basket. I just don't see Coates stepping up quite the way we want him to, maybe next year. The thing you got to remember about Wheaton is he's only 25 years old, and he's an unrestricted free agent next year. So and, and I like to compare Wheaton to Sanders. They're both very similar in, in build. They're both very similar in speed. Good cop. They're both uh, – actually, uh, if you look at playerprofile.com – Wheaton is slightly more agile, and and actually Wheaton in his twenty age twenty three and twenty four season has actually outperformed 
what Sanders did in the same offense uh, in yards per target. And um, I just I just think that worst case scenario, Wheaton gets shipped off somewhere else and gets a gets a little bit of a promotion. You may see that kind of same kind of jump that you saw when Sanders went to, to the Broncos and where he, he gets a little bit more volume, he gets a little bit more targets, and he's cheap. And I just think he's a, he's a good bet to maybe help you out this year, and then you just hold on and see what happens in the future. And then maybe Marcus Wheaton ends up in Arizona, and he's catching balls in Bruce oh. Arians' offense. Boom! That's a hot take right there, Rich. That's that's a possibility there too. I I like everything you just said there. I, I like I like everything you just said there. Is Marcus Wien? You're almost doing the th- same thing we talked about with uh, you know, buy into what someone's going to do in the future, but like one step ahead of that with Wien, where you can buy what he's doing into now, and then also the future because there's a good chance even if he puts up real, has a really good year of Pittsburgh not resign him now with Martavis Bryan coming back. Not if they like Sammy Coates, and then you already have Antonio Brown there, and you signed Ladarius Green. How much money is left in that offense to re-sign somebody like Marcus Sweet, and if he has a really good year? Yeah, and and if he does have a really good year, somebody's going to want him. And and I think it's always so important, uh, and I, you probably agree, just to look out for those future, you know, those 2017 free agents. I mean, kind of gobble some of those up, guys like Giovanni Bernard. Or actually, he just got signed, didn't he? He yeah, he just signed a he signed a three year extension. I said, I'm always somewhat cautious about the free agent guys, just because a lot of that doesn't translate when people leave teams. You don't see a lot of free yeah. agents move on to other teams and have a lot of success. You know, new schemes, new coaching, new new quarterbacks. A lot of that really doesn't translate. I mean, you have to be a really really good player for that to translate. I like a Brandon Marshall who just dominates everywhere he goes. But you, you see so many times, almost, we were talking about Mike Wallace earlier. He had that one good year in Pittsburgh, a year and a half in Pittsburgh. Then he goes somewhere else, he's just a turd. And yeah, sometimes it, and sometimes it's not just scheme, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just, hey, I got paid, you know, whatever, I'm yeah. good. So, I'm going to go balls from Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, you know, you know. But I, I understand, I just feel like, like, what's the price on Marcus Wheaton right now? What's it, you know, what's what's it going to take to get Marcus Wheaton? Because everybody's like, hey, Martavis Bryant's out. You know, Wheaton's going to have a good year. You know, do you, have to, do you have to somewhat overpay it? But at the same time, I've said this before as well. Like, hey, sometimes you feel like you're overpaying, but when you look back on it 12 months from now, you got a hell of a deal. That's- and that could be Marcus Wheaton this year. Again, he finishes wide receiver 45 last year. With Martavis Bryant, he's going to most likely start this year. Todd Haley wants to go have the most prolific offense in the NFL. They want to go for two pretty much every single down. Le'Veon Bell's coming back as well. There is no reason to believe if he stays healthy that Marcus Wien, at the very, very worst, won't finish as a high-end wide receiver three. I agree. So it just depends on what do you want to pay for that, and will that – carry on into future years. I love the fact that he's 25, uh, but if he has a good year, he's going to sign somewhere else as well. And where does he sign? I guess, you know, that's a big thing. Of course we can't predict that, but Arizona obviously would be a dream come true. His ADP would skyrocket again. Absolutely. So he's a buy low. I I think he's a good buy low right now. What did you say his ADP was on Dynasty Nerds? Do you remember? Uh, 57, you know, wide receiver 57 off the board. And, and I don't know where he ranks in relationship to Sammy Coates. I wonder if Sammy Coates is going ahead of him right now. Oh, that's but, not well. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, as, as youth-centric as most dynasty owners are, uh, I wouldn't doubt that Sammy Coates is being drafted ahead of him. Um, look that up. But, you know, even if – and the thing I love about – Sometimes you got to take a little bit of a chance to keep yourself in position, you know, this coming year. And a guy like Wheaton, you know, if they if they get back to 2014, where uh, uh, when everyone was healthy, I mean, they led the league in passing yards per game. They were fifth in attempts per game with almost 40 per game. So I just one once again projecting volume alone, somebody's got to catch him. And I just don't see Sammy Coates making that big of a leap. 
Yeah, and you're and you're talking like a high end wide receiver two ceiling here out of Marcus Wheaton. And so even if you slightly overpay, but you're a contender and you need that wide receiver three, why not just take why take somebody that's like, all right, this guy could probably be a pretty decent wide receiver three. When for the same price, you get somebody like Marcus Wheaton that could be a high end wide receiver two. Where somebody else where you might be paying the same value will certainly just be, hey, a wide receiver three, or maybe possibly worse. Where Marcus Wheaton, again, is probably a pretty safe buy at this point. Yeah. And Coates, I just checked, Coates is going ahead of Wheaton right now. Oh, he is? In spots, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, shoot, you could get both of them. If you're in a startup, you grab both of them right there in the, uh, in that 117 28 ring. Trade for the whole Pittsburgh offense. I put a, I put a poll out there on Twitter. I think it was yesterday. Uh, I thought about, I know I can't do it now because there's those rumors out there that Le'Veon Bell might've failed a drug test or not showed up and might be uh, suspended, even though we denied it. Uh, I really, I own Le'Veon Bell in the dynasty nerds league, the official dynasty nerds league, not the staff league. And I really thought about trading Le'Veon, like making an offer of Le'Veon Bell for the number one pick in Ezekiel Elliott. Really? And I put the poll out there on Twitter, and there's 400 people that voted, and it was literally probably, it was like 52-48, but for a while there was 50-50. Oh, really? Where so do you lean on that? You know, I, I I actually own Bell in a dynasty league, too. It's, the, uh, it's another uh, industry league. And I'm, I, you know, I wouldn't be, I, I'm not really too worried about selling that guy. I, I'm a little bit, I still don't know what the least I would take for him. I mean, what's the least you would take for, for Bell? I mean, take, take Elliot out of the picture. Let's just talk about, uh, let's just talk about maybe a pick and a player. What What's the least you would take for Bell? The least I would take for Bell would be, it'd have to be a top six, 17 first. Yeah. To grab one of those running backs, and I need, I would need, either two pretty good players or another really good player. Yeah, and or like I would do any of the top receivers straight up. But again, that's easy to say. It all depends on the dynamic of your team, because obviously a lot of people just can't give up Le'Veon Bell for, even if it's somebody like Antonio Brown. You just can't give up Le'Veon Bell for Antonio Brown straight up if you if you don't have any running backs to back him up, because it's counterintuitive. You can't. You can't compete then because you have no running backs, even though you have Antonio Brown. So sometimes it's easier to say that than just go out and do it. So for me, I'd have to get a 17 top six pick to gamble on one of those running backs, and I'd have to get another good player on the back end. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I, I would probably try to at least at least try to get a, a wide receiver that that I could start every week. You know, something like uh, I, I, I honestly would. I would really try to to do like a T.Y. Hilton in a 2017 first. If I could get that for Bell uh, and have T.Y. for the next three or four years, and then and then grab one of those nice running backs in 2017, maybe add on a little bit of sugar there. But yeah, so there's no way I would do that. There's no no way. No, two not T.Y. I'm not a big T.Y. guy. I have. Oh, yeah. I'd have to have somebody that's for sure. You know what I mean? I need somebody like T.Y. for me is not a for sure thing. Now with Dante Moncrief coming back in there. Uh, and with, Allen? Yeah, oh, Keen Allen. Yeah, for sure. To me, he's a for sure thing. I'd take Keen Allen in a first, in a 17 top six pick first for Le'Veon Bell. I'd do that. Yeah, I'd, take I'd, I'd take A.J. Green and a top, you know. I'd probably move down in a 17 draft for A.J. Green. Uh Actually, but then again, I love AJ Green, and most people don't. But I think Keenan Allen's a better, a better bet. But for me, the way I look at it is, I mean, I talked about this many times on a podcast, and I know Jacob Bittner just put that fantastic article uh, on the website. Again, he supported our cause of hashtag two to three year window, and how many running backs actually have more than one running back one year. So again, if you not have not read that article on DynastyCenters.com, it's called the Dynasty Code, the Running Back Code. Uh, make sure you check it out it's by uh, Jacob Bittner. But again, you know, when with Le'Veon Bell not finishing a year every single year, and people people's argument like, oh well, Ezekiel Elliott he hasn't done anything yet. Well, at the same time, he's only 20 years old and he's going to the top running running offense in the NFL. 
So I'd almost be willing just to, I'm such a believer in Zeke that I'm almost willing to gamble on it and just take him straight up. Yeah. Like that's just, me. With the, with the McFadden news today about, about him probably not going to be full bore for the beginning of the season, you got to think they're going to probably hand a little bit more of the keys to Elliott at the beginning. So you're going to get a really, probably a really good running back, even in redraft uh, next year in, uh, in Elliott. Yeah, I think uh, I think that I think that Run DMC broken elbow news. Uh, what do you think he's doing? I, I mean, think he's. I don't know, man. A little, little too much alone time in the hotel room at night with the pay, the pay per view. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, that, that helps Alfred Morris. If you own Alfred Morris, that's going to help you a little bit. Uh, there's a good chance. I mean, DMC might not make the roster. Yeah, he can catch the ball. Yeah, he ran for over a thousand yards last year. But at the same time, you just signed Alfred Morris. You have Lance Dunbar, Dunbar back there if you need somebody to catch the balls as well. And Ezekiel catches the ball just fine. So, to me, there's really no need for Darren McFadden. I mean, in my belief, that's what I don't yeah. think. I mean, I'm okay with Alfred Morris and Dunbar if Zeke, uh, Zeke goes down. Do you think that the Cowboys are going to trust Elliott year one in the red zone, or do you think they're gonna, you're going to hand that off to Morris? Yeah, I think you trust him. He he showed known signs in college that he can't handle the ball. Uh, he he does every single thing well. Worst case scenario, you have if you don't trust him early in the red zone, you have Alfred Morris there, like you just stated. At the same time, but again, you don't take a running back number four overall if you don't believe that he's a game changer. You, I mean, you think you think the Vikings were worried about Adrian Peterson? Uh, as a rookie in the red zone? No. You're going to want to give him the ball in the red zone because that's what you drafted him for. You drafted him to score touchdowns. That's what Ezekiel does, scores touchdowns. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a huge concern. Again, but then I'm a, I'm a Zeke truther, man. I, I, I'm the one that argues that he's the number one overall dynasty running back before taking the snap in NFL. So that's just me. I think he's the number one over dynasty running back. I really do. argue against that. In a PPR league. In a PPR league. So that's that's just me. But we got we we totally got off track. Let's get back on here. We have one more player that you want to talk about, and this so happens to be a running back. Yeah, Detroit Lions. Theo Riddick, running back, eighteen last year, led the NFL in catches with eighty for all running backs, and he's only twenty five years old. And they just cut Joy Bell, Wayne State Pride. Ah. Uh. I don't get it, Rich. I mean, this guy's got a 10th round ADP dynasty startup, and he's he finishes the uh, what did he finishes the RB uh, 18. 18 last year in PPR. I mean, in the last six years, Detroit hasn't finished out of the top. They finished out of the top five in pass attempts one year in the last six years, and they've they've led the league in pass attempts three of those years. I mean, what's the worst that could, the worst that's going to happen is they're going to run more. Well, Riddick's a running back. You know, I just I don't understand the the under the consistently undervalued Riddick. Well, the problem with Riddick, I think, where people fall in line is, I mean, the guy only had forty three rushes last year, so he's not he, he's he's more of a pass catching PPR running back, which is terrific. He still finishes a running back two last year, but it's also how much do you believe in Amir Abdullah? Because most likely, Amir Abdullah is going to be that lead back taking over those carries for Joint Bell, while Theo Riddick, Theo Riddick maintains his own role as that pass catching running back. But at the same time, where you said you don't get it, it makes sense because even if Theo Riddick maintains the same role at the age of 25, he still caught the most footballs out of any other running back in the NFL last year with 80. Agreed. And so I just don't. You know what? Even if he catches maybe 15, 20 less balls, because uh, Abdullah can catch the ball too. I mean, let's. Yes. They're kind of the same player, although, and Abdullah is a lot better runner of the football. And I don't, I don't really I think Theo Riggs got a bigger head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like, I like the uh, the the Detroit offense. I, I think they're still going to pass the ball a lot. I, I think you gotta, you gotta own that guy. And you, you throw them on the end of your roster and you just play them in the bye weeks or, or throw them out as a PP. Heck, he was just, you know, an RB2 last year. So yeah, you start him. You don't have to worry about him being bye. You could start Theo Riddick. I, I won leagues last year with Theo Riddick as my number two running back, who I picked off the waiver wires. So 
Yeah, I I think you could start again. He falls by the name of he falls by the wayside as just like oh, it's Theo Riddick is just a name. Uh, kind of like how we we're talking about Kamar Aiken, right? Where yeah. uh, how are you gonna win? How are you gonna win your league, man? You got Theo Riddick as your running back two. You got Kamar Aiken as your wide receiver three. Dude, how are you gonna win your league? But meanwhile, you're like, all right, dude. I I go by numbers. I have a running back two and a wide receiver three in my roster. What do you got? So. And I, I agree with Calvin Johnson retiring. Golden Tate didn't really strive that much last year. Golden Tate was, I think Golden the Golden Tate pipe is a hype is a little bit, you know, out, too much out there for me. I'm not a complete buyer on the Golden Tate. Really, Mar- I like him, but I don't think he's like I don't think he's a wide receiver one. I don't think Marvin Jones is really a wide receiver one. So I don't, and with Matt Stafford, who you who can be really inconsistent once as well, I don't even know how much you can really trust that Detroit passing game. I mean, my favorite guy in the NFL, Jim Bob Cooter himself, uh, he's shown that he was a tremendous offensive coordinator. I mean, I thought he did really well last year with what he had. And again, I, I expect this running game to kind of help out these new receivers to get this game going. And again, Theo Riddick, if it, Matt Stafford could dump it off 80 times to him last year, there's no reason to believe that he, can, he can't catch. Like you said, oh, no, he catches 10 balls less. He catches 70 footballs, 60, 65 footballs. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I agree with you. I like Theo Riddick, too. I think he can catch 80 footballs, again, back-to-back years. And still, and if, he can, if he can increase those rushes a little bit, uh, a la Amir Abdullah goes down or Joy Bell, with Drake Bell being gone. So if he had 43 rushes last year, if he can just crease that a little bit and get a little bit more rushing yards, he might get a little bit jump on that running back 18 and get it all up to like running back 15 possibly, which is a very high end running back too, which is a really good commodity. Yeah. And you got, you got to ask yourself too. I mean, what are the Lions going to do in the red zone? You know, they, they lose Calvin Johnson, which is a huge red zone presence. I mean, those, those red zone trips are going to go somewhere. And so, you know, I think the, the arrow is pointing up still for Riddick, even though it may seem like he's kind of at his wits end. He's still 25. I think you got to go get him, especially if he's going behind guys like Tevin Coleman in a startup and, uh, you know, uh, Matt Forte. And I just think that I think you're going to have a lot better luck grabbing a guy like Riddick. Yeah, age, age, age is in his benefactor there. I think in the red zone, I think we got to expect a big jump this year from Eric e, Eric e. Brown of being hold on to the football there in Detroit. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Ebron. Not many tight ends go in the top ten of the NFL draft that aren't really successful. So I think Ebron dealt with the drops, but he, he has a size. I mean, of all the pass catchers on Detroit, I guess I would still draft. Golden Tate number one, but I wouldn't draft Golden Tate where his ADP is. He's just one of those guys I wouldn't completely trust for where he would go. I feel like his value is not really there. I would love to kind of put some of my eggs in a basket in that passing game of Eric Ebron. Yeah, interesting enough, you had 20, uh, 20 red zone targets last year, Calvin Johnson. Those are all going to be distributed among Tate, Jones, Riddick, Ebron. Riddick actually was third on the team last year in red zone targets with 14 right behind Golden Tate and 17. So I think there's just going to be some more opportunity for scoring there. I like what you're saying about Ebron. So those are the guys that win likes. Those are the four guys that win likes. I'm okay. I said originally two out of four. I'm okay with two and three quarters out of four. And that's, uh, I, I, I like Marcus Wheaton. You're right. I, there's no reason not to like him. I like the whole fact that he's a free agent. He is young. Yeah, you didn't that young. You forget he's that young, you know. He, you feel like he's been around the league a long time, but he's, you know, he's only twenty-five, and that's yeah. Kind of- you sold me, but that's why you listen to the podcast. So you get your opinion can change, and you get some more information, and you find out some things to kind of sway you one way or another. I remember, you know, last year when I told everybody in my sell high episode, I said sell Eddie Lacy. People were telling me I was crazy. Now people write me like, oh, your Eddie Lacy and Jordy Nelson sell high take was fantastic. In my buy low episode last year, I did a buy low episode. I said, you need to go out there and buy Danny Woodhead. He's going to finish as, uh, you know, most likely a low-end running back one. He finished as running back three last year. So, yeah, I mean, that's why you listen. You want to make sure you find these guys. Definitely guys like this. Not, you know, don't go out there and buy, you know, Rob Gronkowski. 
You know, you got to find guys that you can get that are affordable. Yeah. These are the guys that are going to win you a championship because you can't afford to get these other guys without giving up other commodities to taking a loss. And every guy that we just named, you can get. For, these are guys that will help. Besides J.J. Nelson, the other three guys will help you win a championship in 2016, this year. The ultimate yeah. goal is to win. So these three out of those four guys will help you win now. And you're talking about guys that can help you win now, and you don't even really have to give up much to get them. Yeah. A lot of times you can tack them on to – you know, the back end of trades is just, uh, you know, things that will just make, get the deal done. And uh, I really like, I really like all four of them. Glad you like 2.35% of them or whatever. Yeah, it's close <laughs> enough, right? I mean, you know, you're, you're good there. So let's talk about, so those are the guys who go out there and get them. Go out there, get them. If you're a player away, these are the guys that will help you win this year. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, we, we just finished our Dynasty Nerds staff writing league uh tim torch got it going uh you can follow him at tim nfl and he's like hey let's get a nerds you have the dynasty nerds league that's been going on for almost 15 years but let's get a staff league with all the writers in it uh you want to get in and win but you uh you just missed a cut i was too it was too late but i think i'm gonna be okay i've got so many dang leagues that, uh, but it, I, I tell you what it's been fun watching the draft i mean it's it's great when you get to watch these uh, these experienced dynasty players go at it against each other, and Rich, man, I really love I really love what you're doing with your with your team here. I'd like like for you to pick up where we left off a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and, and I don't remember of, where I left off, but I, I mean, yeah, we can go run down on my team. I love you. Just I took just, um, uh, Peterson and Martin back to back there. And, okay, uh, so it's like around like yeah, the later in the draft there. Um, so the, the, the league ended, I moved up, I moved down. I made a lot of trades in this, uh, draft. Uh, it's probably, this is honestly, probably out of all the dynasty leagues I've ever drafted. My favorite team that I've ever drafted nice. like for a startup. I, I, I mean, I love it. And again, everybody comes away after a startup draft, loving their team. It's simple to do. It really is. I look at this, I look at this draft and some of these guys, I'm like, Hey man, come on. Let's get together over here. I, I don't like your team at all. You can't write for the site anymore. <laughs> but no, no, because, I mean, you, even though people, even though I think that, and you, you'll you have guys in your league that will think that, like, hey, this guy, he drafted terrible. You, you know, you and your buddy are behind his back laughing at him. But, and then six months later, he wins the league. You're like, what the hell happened there? So it's easy that I love my team now. I think I'm going to win the whole damn thing. Six months from now, I can be like, oh, well, I did this, this, and this, and it's terrible. Yeah, but, you know. So my team ended up. Here's here's my team. Uh, we'll go through it quickly. It's a large roster here. At quarterback, I got Sam Bradford, Drew Brees, Cardale Jones, and Andrew Luck. So hmm. I, I moved. I I used Andrew Luck. I got Andrew Luck in a trade. So I took him in like the fourth round. Uh, I was just in, in position to do that. So I, I got my young quarterback, and then I got Drew Brees to back him up. Who's I mean, who doesn't yeah. love Drew Brees? I'll probably start Drew Brees over Andrew Luck to start the season. Um, and then I got Sam Bradford is just, hey, he's a guy. You know, yeah. no worries about it. And then I took Carl J- Cardell Jones with one of my last picks there. What do you think of my quarterbacks? I tell you what, tell me what you like about Cardell Jones and his situation. I mean, are you are you a Tyrod fan? I thought Tyrod played well. I mean, obviously he made the Pro Bowl last year, but it doesn't seem like the Bills are all in on Tyrod Taylor. Uh and even if they are, if Tyrod Taylor signed their long term, you got Sammy Watkins, who I love, but that's about it. You know, that their offense isn't it's not a really passing offense that you can really fall in love with right now. He's got mobility. But the big thing is the Bills aren't all in on Tyrod Taylor, so there's no reason I should be all in on Tyrod Taylor. And with Cardale Jones, he's just somebody I feel like he has a chance to be a really good quarterback. He's big. He's strong. So, and being in Buffalo with the cold weather, you need to be a big, strong quarterback to succeed in places like that. I know. I live in Cleveland, right on the other side of the pond of Lake Erie. So, for me, Cardinal Jones, get him that late. It's There's no risk involved. Get him in the 30th round, 29th round. I feel like Cardell Jones, the Bills want Cardell Jones to be what E.J. Manuel couldn't be. I mean, he's, he's such a... 
he's, he's a real similar type player. He's a real huge guy, and uh, he has the ability to run. I think that's a really nice little player to have on the end of your roster. I like your QBs. I love the Breeze-Luck combo. I mean, that's just – I mean, those guys could finish 1-2 the next two or three years and uh, in total fantasy points. And, and, and even if you can't – even if you don't hang on to both of them, the ability to trade one of them really can, can take your roster to the next level, you know, that, that week 10 when you're getting ready for the playoffs, you know. Yeah, it's just one of the things I've always loved Drew Brees. I've loved him coming out of Purdue. I drafted him as rookie year uh, in the initial startup league of the Dynasty Nerds startup league. I drafted him as rookie year. I was a big believer in him preaching his name that long ago. God. They're like, oh, yeah, you're just a big Chargers fan. I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I love my quarterbacks too. But, again, I love my whole team. So then for my running backs, one thing I learned here in the startup draft, I don't think I've, I did a startup draft last year too, is, you know, everybody wants to build around young receivers. Yeah. It's a dynasty theory to go around. It's, I preach building around young receivers, but sometimes a good running back is still staring you in the face and just like, you got to take them. Absolutely. You know? I could trade them in season. I could trade them. Uh, I can start, and this is kind of like a hyper flex league where you only start running one running back, two wide receivers, and three flex spots in one tight end. So I can start four running backs in this league if I choose choose to do it. But my running backs are C.J. Anderson, Duke Johnson, Daniel Lasco, Doug Martin, Demarco Murray, Paul Perkins, Adrian Peterson, and Spencer Ware. Love that. What's okay. not to love about that? I just love that. I mean, I love owning uh, running backs with two touchdown upside every week. Guys like Anderson, guys like Peterson, guys like Martin. You got your pass catching back and Johnson. I love that you picked up Lasco real late. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I think the jury's still out on Perkins, but and I like I like the fact that you own Ware. Um, I, I'm not sure that Charles is going to be around. Uh, after We're this, just signed that extension as well. Yeah, and 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 really, if you go back and look at the statistics and who they handed the ball off to in the red zone, it was Ware. Yeah. And so I, I really like I really like your running backs. I think it's nice and got a lot of depth. And I think people need to watch out for Demarco Murray. I mean, I just like the fact that you've got so much volume coming from your running backs, and and that's the kind of thing you want in your flex spots. Yeah, and I got DeMarco Murray in, like, the eighth, ninth round. It was somewhere late. Like, DeMarco Murray slipped really far. And every time I was like, oh, I, I need a receiver, I'm not going to take DeMarco here. And it finally got to the point I was like, dude, I'm taking DeMarco Murray. This is just ridiculous. Uh, I traded up for C.J. Anderson. I got him in, like, the – I got him somewhere in, like, the eighth round. Maybe I took DeMarco Murray even later then. Uh, I don't have the draft in front of me. I'm just looking at my roster. But I know I traded up for C.J. Anderson, who I believe I took somewhere around the eighth round there as well, because I couldn't believe he was still on the board. Um, yeah, that was amazing to me. Again, the, what, what I thought was, like, a lot of these running backs just kind of slipped, and I was like, they kind of fell into my lap. And with Spencer Ware, we talked about Spencer Ware last year, was out of Spencer Ware and Tarkandrick West, Spencer Ware was a better running back, in my opinion. I mean, West, uh, West can catch the ball a little bit better, Better, but I feel like where is the, runs the ball better. He doesn't get the red zone carries like you said before. So if I'm going to take a guy who's a backup or, you know, I'm going to take a guy who's at least going to get some red red zone opportunity. That was Spencer Ware. And, again, I got him super late. Absolutely. And Andy yeah. Reid, just year after year, he, he hands the ball off. And that's 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 what you're looking for. Just as a, as a guy, just to put on the end of your roster in case something happens, it's a great pick. All right, so now on to my receivers. Now, my receiving core, now you only start two. So that's why I was okay with kind of getting away from the receivers a little bit. I took my two receivers early. I traded up for DeAndre Hopkins, like I said. Uh, I took Jarvis Landry. And then my other receivers are Michael Crabtree, Larry Fitzgerald, Rashard Higgins, Vincent Jackson, Terrell Pryor, Muhammad Sanu, and Moritz Borenger. Muhammad Sanu. Took him real late. Really like got him. To me, it was worth it. You know, am I a huge, huge Sanu fan? No, but I'll gamble. I'll gamble on him in uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense. 
Yeah, there's been a lot of talk lately about the fact that Kyle Shanahan ignores that wide receiver too, but I I, I think he's going to see some volume this year. I don't know how ready uh, old Hardy is to ready really to step up to the plate. And, and Hardy's uh, still a wide receiver. He's a wide receiver three. Yeah. Regard. He's that slot guy. He's a wide receiver three who, if he can play that really well, will have fantasy production. But we never drafted Justin Hardy thinking this guy was going to be a stud. You know, I like Justin Hardy. You know, he has really good heart, was a walk-on. But at the same time, Sanu's that bigger body receiver that might catch some of that offset Julio stuff there. Absolutely. Now, did you draft the, Did you draft those Cleveland wide receivers because you just love Cleveland, or you love those two particular guys? Oh, uh, you know, honestly, I drafted those guys both. Like picks, like 27, 20, 12 prior, I believe, was my very last pick, like pick thirty. So I got Terrell Pryor. And just you know, when you, twelve teams, I, the, one of the last picks in the whole draft, the third, you know, in the thirtieth round, Terrell Pryor is just somebody. You know, guys like guys there, those are guys, those are your first cuts. So Terrell Pryor makes a team. He's a big receiver. If he makes a team there, then he makes a team. I don't ever plan on ever drafting him. Rashard Higgins now, I expect, you know, even our, our local B reporter here, Tony, Tony Grossi, he just put out the other day his uh, prediction for the starting lineup opening season. Okay. And he had Corey Coleman and Rashard Higgins in his prediction uh, really? of who's going to start out there for the Cleveland Browns. And Higgins is just one of those guys that runs such good routes. The Browns cut all their old receivers. They're going youth here. And when yeah. you're going to look at talent for a guy that can run routes, catch the ball, and is just an overall pretty good receiver, I mean, Richard Higgins does that. He can be a guy that catches X amount of balls, and he has a ceiling of being a high-end wide receiver three. So, again, for a guy that can get in the 27th round, 25th round, I'm going to gamble on it. So a lot of people are like, oh, you have a lot of Cleveland players. Well, Cleveland made just made a huge youth movement. If I'm drafting late in the, tw- the late 20s of my 30-man roster, I'm drafting youth. So these guys had the best option of playing immediately or playing the soonest. So that's why I went to Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland route. Not as much as just because I'm a homer. It's just because <laughs> they have a quick I'm sure it has something to play into it, but you know, they have the they have the closest to producing. And these are guys that are in the back end of my roster. I mean, I have Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Crabtree, Jarvis Landry, and DeAndre Hopkins. I only start two receivers, so those are my four go-tos right out the gate. Love it. And a lot of your tight ends, I mean, you got two tight ends right there that are just going to be you know, ball hogs, I believe. Yeah, I'm a big Jordan Reed fan. I got Gary Barnage, Cameron Brait, Jordan Cameron, Tyler Higby, Jordan Reed, and Seth the valve. Of course I had to grab another Cleveland Brown there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jordan Reed, I took Jordan Reed pretty high in that draft just because I'm a firm believer and you got to have that, uh, that really good tight end. And with him signing that contract extension, he, you know, Tyler Eifert is hurt again. I think we talked about this uh, on last week's podcast or the week before. And with Jordan Reed just signing a contract extension and actually being a better receiver, it, I had to get one of those top tight ends. I had to get it. So I think I took Jordan Reed right in the third or fourth round. And I, and I still feel good about it because my team turned out pretty well around him. Absolutely. And I think Barnage also has a really good chance of finishing the top five of tight ends this year, along with Reed. So you and, and break could turn out to be with all the news you're hearing about ASJ, although I'm not ready to sell ASJ quite yet, but you know, break might turn into somebody that uh, can really, you know, there's always during the year, there's always those, those tight ends that you just never think about that you pick up and they end up winning your league. And I think break could, could definitely be one of those guys. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. I mean, three months ago, I would never even considered taking Cameron break. No, yeah. But then all of a sudden, like a month ago, you start hearing Cameron Brake's name come up about a sneaky possible starter at tight end in Tampa Bay. And, you know, my first initial reaction is, who the hell is Cameron Brake? And then, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and then I'm like, that's impossible. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins. They just took him the second round. You know, he showed promise. And then here we are again a month later now where – you're hearing all these rumblings about Austin and Severian Jenkins putting out these cryptic tweets like, oh, like I'm out of here and stuff like that. And the coaching staff's down on Austin Severian Jenkins. So I think he might have some mental issues that, that ASJ. 
It, it may be. But I mean, there's, wow. there's smoke in Tampa Bay. There's smoke. <laughs> there's smoke going on in Tampa Bay for sure. And so, I, think, I think he's smoking it. it. It could be. I mean, him and George, him and uh, Josh Gordon could be getting it pretty well. So uh, I know, like, it's just one of those things. Like, I like I like Austin Safarian Jenkins. He was a second round pick in your rookie drafts, most likely as well. And you know, could be a hot, probably a high one. I know in our Dicers league, he went like right middle, the high of the second round of the rookie draft that 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 year in a deep draft and. But right now, I mean, everybody's talking about Cameron Brait, and everybody's talking bad about Austin Safarian Jenkins. And right now, it's kind of hard to say you can't sell him. His value's down too much. Yeah. And he hasn't done anything to make you say, oh, that he is the future there. You're right. He can't, he's having trouble staying healthy. I tell you what, Brait, uh, you know, Brait had a, caught a really high percentage of his red zone targets last year. Obviously, Winston trusts him. If 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 uh, if uh, ASJ can't stay on the field, or if he can't, doesn't even make the make the field at all, Bray could be a real a real sneaky uh, player for your dynasty team. Yeah, you gotta check your waiver wires and see if Cameron breaks out there. That's a must grab at this point. Uh, he, again, you're talking about somebody that can be had for nothing. Cameron Bray could be had for nothing. He's a, there's a good chance if your guys aren't too savvy in your league or on this, uh, the latest news of what's going on in Tampa Bay, the tight end position, that you can get Cameron Bray off your waiver wire. And he's a must-add, because right now, if you told me, hey, put you have $100 right now, you got to put on Austin Sperry and Jenkins or Cameron Bray being the starter. If you ask me today, as crazy as it sounds, I'm putting on Cameron Bray. Too much bad stuff coming out for the last couple months for me and Austin Sperry and Jenkins. He's following the smoke, folks. He's small. He's... Following the smoke. So, all right. Well, that's a podcast for you. Man, what a good good time. I, hey, Rich, thanks for having me on. And uh, I really appreciate it. It's been no, fun man. talking Dynasty with you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being the first ever guest host on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. You know, Matt likes the vacation a lot. So, who knows when uh, – We'll get you back on, but you're always welcome back on. You can even come back on when Matt's on. He won't. He won't crowd the mic too much. Uh, nice. We appreciate having you on. We appreciate the articles you guys, you and all the writers write. Uh, make sure to check out Wynn's new article on the Cleveland Browns. It's long. It's detailed, but it will definitely give you some really good information on the Cleveland Browns football team. Absolutely. Did you did you did you like the Browns a little bit more after writing that article? Man, when I started getting to that, I was—I'm kind of a Browns fan now, man. I'm—I'm I'm really looking forward to watching them turn the corner. Uh, and the more research I did, the more I'm—I'm I'm excited about Hugh and excited about Pep and I'm, yeah, I'm, Super Bowl. I love this—this white. This I mean, this youth that they just brought in. I mean, drafting this many wide receivers this early in this draft—it's definitely telling us something. So definitely re- get out there and read this article. And uh, you can pick up a lot of these guys real late and just kind of sit on them, just like Rich did in his draft. Yeah, that's what I like to do. Just imagine them next year when I get, like, Leonard Fournette or Nick Chubbs on their team. They're going to be better. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. So, again, you can read that and all the great articles we put out every single day on DynastyNerds.com. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we have free ADP, rookie ADP, all the rankings that you need. We have everything you need to win your Dynasty League articles rankings and of course if you want to support the website we have the best most comfortable t-shirts in the world uh you can buy dyson nerds t-shirt on the website as well uh if you'd ever be so kind to get on itunes and give us a rating and review let us know what you think of the show helps uh helps the show tremendously when you do things like that you got anything you want to plug when you sell anything no i mean just Get out there and go on the Dynasty Nerds website and read all the great articles from all the guys that uh, contribute there. I've got uh, some new stuff coming up. I've got one coming up this week, and uh, you can follow me at, at Windtunnel. It's W-I-N-N-T-U-N-N-E-L. And uh, y'all, good luck this year with all your Dynasty teams, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, make sure you follow Win on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow. And if you have any questions, make sure you hit him up on Twitter at Windtunnel. You can follow me at Dynasty Rich. We'll be back next week with Matt back in studio, and we'll for sure have Win on again soon. I think he told me earlier today he was interested in possibly doing some rankings, 
So maybe you'll be able to see those in the future as well. But until then, enjoy that sunshine. I know I will. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.